We all hit turning points in our lives where decisions have to be made, and we so want to make the right ones. Today's guest is ministry leader and homeschooling dad, Charbel Raish, here to give us some guideposts for discerning God's will. Stay with us. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and today I'm so blessed to have Charbel Raish here to share some guideposts for discerning God's will. Charbel Raish is married to Christine, and they have been blessed with eight children together. Charbel has a passion for helping people get closer to discovering the fullness of truth and invites anyone who is willing and able to help him on this mission of evangelization through Perusia. Charbel has two degrees, Master of Arts in Theological Studies from the University of Notre Dame in Sydney, and his undergraduate degree in personal development and physical education from the Australian College of Physical Education in Homebush Bay. He has experience as both a phys ed teacher and a religion teacher for primary and secondary schools since 2005. Currently, Charbel is working full-time with Perusia, his greatest passion, a ministry that specializes in faith formation, resources, and events. Over one million people have been evangelized through the work of Perusia, and well over one million resources have been distributed during that time. You can find Charbel Raish at perusiamedia.com, that's P-A-R-O-U-S-I-A media.com, just the way that sounds. And uh, gosh, Charbel, it's great to have you back again. It's great to be with you, Lisa. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, it's it's always fun to have you back. And you and I had a conversation the last time we met to record an episode about some really powerful ways that God has led you in your vocation, your career, and your ministry. And you've discerned some pretty big decisions over the years that have turned out exceptionally well, I must say. <laughs> it was, it, it's not been easy, but uh, praise be to God, uh, He's been there the whole time, and uh, I appreciate his voice in those silent times and his hand in those difficult times. So it's been such a journey and uh, it's not over. The journey continues. So praise be to God. Yeah, yeah. There's always something, isn't there? There's always question marks. <laughs> this, this incredible journey with God. So would you mind just stepping us into how you think about discernment? What do you mean by it personally? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, thanks for that experience I had, uh, which I touched on last time, but, you know, discerning for the big vocation, first and foremost, what does God want from me in my life? And and that's sort of the big question. We all got to at least, we've got to cross that, that, that first. And once we do that, it's how do we live that vocation? That's where it gets a lot more difficult because there's so many options. But, but really the traditional idea of vocation and what God wants from me in my life is do I, is he calling me to, to be a single person and, and, and live a single life? And these days there's so many options in doing that. Is he calling me to the religious life, whether it's a, a nun, a brother, or, or the priesthood, or is he calling me to marriage life? And, and of course, all that entails and God willing parenting and, and growing a family and all of that. So you've got, you've got your traditional options there. And I highly recommend you first look at those. Now, if you're already married, then 
there you are. <laughs> you made it. If you're already approved, if you're already there. But if you are a single and you still haven't made that decision, um, well, at least discern. And, and I, I recommend you can try out the religious life. You can't try marriage out. So what you've got to do <laughs> is um, discern. Go to those discernment uh, retreats. Go to uh, information days. Um, imagine yourself in in that um, particular vocation and see what it what it's like is it do you feel at peace with that and if it if it does then that that's a, it's an idea that's a sign that it's it's a calling but um to answer your question to go even deeper is the the difficult thing is now that i know my vocation how do i know what god wants for me now and i found in my experience it was more difficult to answer that question so say for example i was considering the priesthood this was exactly 20 years ago now and uh I, I, it was, what are the options? And I thought, oh, my goodness, there are so many options. You just think, hang on, how hard is it to be to choose a priesthood? It, it, there's only one option. No, there's not. <laughs> there, you can be a monk. You can be a contemplative monk. You can be a hermit. You could be uh, a, a, a monk of uh, an order that's missionary. You could be part of an order that's based on education, an order that's based on helping the poor. You could be a diocesan priest. You could be a secular a priest. You could be... Um, a priest part of any other apostolate um, and or you could be you know a, a priest you know associated with chaplaincy work youth work um, you could be assigned in different roles as a priest and it's like oh wow there's so many options uh, Franciscan Dominican uh, Benedictine I mean, what do I want <laughs> so that's that's quite difficult and the way you would get around that is first and foremost what's the very first thing that comes? With any discernment, um, and I think it's what gives you those God those God given desires. What what is it that you desire? And if you don't know what that is, start with the very basic stuff of what makes you happy. What what do you enjoy? What are the things that you enjoy? And as long as those things are, you know, ethically sound, <laughs> are um, at least uh, in keeping with with uh, you know fulfilling. Um, your humanity, you know, being uplifting and positive, and it's not anti, it's not against your faith in any way. Then it it, it could be a, it's a good thing. So, what it is that makes you happy? What is it that you enjoy? And then the next question is to ask: um, uh, Not only do I have enjoyment or happiness through pleasures, uh, yeah, what is it God's asking me through this? What am I good at? And then the the parables, um, the parable of the talents is a, is a telling one. When when Jesus Himself made it clear that if you have a talent, don't bury it. You must invest in it and multiply it. And so too often we we shy away from this, and that's a big challenge for us. We've got to actually hit it head on and, and say, all right, what am I good at? This is given to me by God. It's a gift from God. These skills I have, whether it is public speaking, whether it is writing, whether it is the creative side of your, your brain, uh, you know, have you got an artistic flair? You know, are you good at drawing or, or art or painting, um, design? Are you good with numbers? You know, are you good with on the on organisation, uh, accounts, teaching, um, helping young children, helping with married couples, helping uh, with the poor? What are you actually good at? Um, those skills give you an insight as to what you're called to. And I think if if you unite your God-given desire with your God-given skills, then I think that's that's a match made in heaven right there. But then the next bit is once you once you do that, it's a, ma a matter of 
imagining yourself in a particular role. So start start putting up different, um, I guess, scenarios. So it, does God want me to be a teacher? What does that play that out in your mind? Which school will it be, or college? And then and then start imagining when you see yourself in that role. Does that give me peace? And if it gives you peace, you know it's from God. If it doesn't give you peace, you know it's not from God. And that peace is really what we're looking for. Satan um, likes to arouse up our physical pleasures, um, and it's very short-lived. God gives you a long-lasting joy. It's an internal thing. It's a deeper thing. And that's what we're looking for. And I think these are the clues, so these sort of steps you can go through. And I might be jumping ahead by going through these steps, but the idea is to set it up to say that th these are the talents and, and desires that I think it's important for people to unite. Um, there's a few more steps to know God's will, but I, I, I'm sort of, I might be jumping ahead, sorry. But, but this is the <laughs> point fine. where um, when you can unite your God-given desire with your God-given skills, and if it gives you peace, I think that you're well on the way to knowing what God wants from you. Mm, that's so interesting. And I love the way you put this in the framework, not just your big V vocation, but then how do you live it out? What does that yes. look like uniquely in my life? And I love so much because sometimes we just assume, and we mean this in the best possible way, because let's face it, we, we pray before the crucifix. We yeah. embrace on some level to some degree redemptive suffering, but the fact is that God wove us together. He wonderfully made us, and there is joy to be found in those holy desires, as you described, those things that align with what we believe and, and with God's laws. And so that the way you live out your marriage, and I live out mine, and someone else lives out the single life or their religious vocation or whatever that might be, it's meant to be as unique and unrepeatable as our souls. And so yeah. I just thank you for putting in that context. Yes, there are holy desires and joys and even pleasures that that we can that we can give back to God, that we can honor him with. And it's so good to know. Yeah, absolutely. I hope that helps. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a good framework because sometimes we push ourselves too hard to be in suffering mode for God. And <laughs> suffering will come. But if we're acting yeah. out of our natural talents, we'll be so much stronger and clear eyed. We'll be able to detect the peace of God in there as well if we're Ourselves. Very, very true. Yeah. Um, talk to us a little bit about time, because we live in a fast-moving culture, and we're trained through all sorts of algorithms and attractive things in our devices to click and click and click and react and react and react. But this is something that actually, what is that sense for you of time and God and discernment? Where does, where does that land with you? Love that question, and, and and the busier we're becoming, the more um, important it is that we don't lose our origins and our calling as as humans, children of God. Can I can I re let's just strip it all back? What what is it the purpose of this life while we're here on earth? We're here to to know God, of course, to love Him, to serve Him in this world, and of course, so that we can be with Him in heaven. We know it's passing. We know everything is passing, but we know right from day one, God creates the universe, the cosmos. And he creates, yeah, time, space, matter, and he has a rhythm to it. He's got the six days of creation, the seventh days for him, and then it starts again. And so that right away we already have a structure created by God himself um, that is seven days. It's a week. We know what a week is. 
We know what a day is. We know that there is a sunrise and a sunset. There's, and as the Jews understood in the Old Testament, it's quite interesting that when the sun set, that was the end of one day, and then when the and the moon would be there, the lesser light of the night, that's another day. So you got the day, you got the night day, <laughs> the night time, and then the sun uh, um, time. So it's like two days basically in a twenty four hour period, and uh, you treat each one respectfully. And now, how did we live Ser- seriously just before a century ago? Before we had, a, I mean, the electricity as we know it today. We would live around the seasons and around the sun and around how when it rose, we had daylight. And so that's time to get outside, work the fields. That's time to take advantage of the sunlight and and work with it. And then when the sun set, you've got to quickly beat the sun because then once you're indoors, now it's all the nighttime stuff. So, you know, you're having your, your dinner and you're now down to candles or lamplights and you don't have you know, we, we just take it for granted too often. We can switch a light on like that with a click and we're now sort of, uh, we, we now have this nightlife in today's culture that sort of continues right through past midnight hours and and it just keeps going and, and, and sort of doesn't end. And we're trying, this desire of ours is to not, we don't want the pleasure to end. We don't want our enjoyment to end. And uh, God's given us this structure that, it's okay. Look, you're going to get plenty of rest. So work your six days. The seventh day, you'll be able to stop and, and you won't have to work the fields on that day. You can stop and just meditate and enjoy my presence, you know, and be with me. Um, and so you can enjoy that sunlight. Knowing that's there, you don't need to do it every single day where you've got to actually get to work. So let's get some work going on. And and so the farmers or whatever it was uh, in the day were we're working the fields, we're, we're making the most of the daylight. That there's a spiritual element to this because um, if you think about the very early uh, church and the early um, uh, monastic life, what happened? They incorporated the the prayers of the church, the psalms, and all that around this structure of the day. So we'd pray traditionally seven times a day. So you have um, matins, which is always done just before sunrise. So you have Lords, where you meet the sun, so that's upon sunrise. It used to be prime, which was you know the start of the day. And then there was um, known, which was the um, the what say the ninth hour, but known is is there at nine a.m. Um, and then sext, which was midday hour, and then um, and then there was terse, and I, I think I'm sw- switching them around. Terse is nine, third hour, and known is the the uh, afternoon hour. So, so terse <laughs> is the third hour. Sext is the sixth hour, known as the ninth hour. So you've got nine, twelve, three. Then you've got sunset, which is vespers, and then you've got compliment at night. And and roughly speaking, it's it's thereabouts every three hours that would stop. So there's a structure in your day. Um, and so that, that that forces you to pause, stop work, and turn to God. I really love that. And I wish it, you know, it's actually encouraged. Lay people can also take this up. Um, now, if it's too much to pray the full divine office, stop on those hours in, in union with, I guess, those praying them for the universal church and just pause. Um, another little thing, St. John Vianney had a beautiful uh, tradition. Every hour he would bless the hour. So on the hour, on the, on the, on the, on the top of the hour, he would say a little prayer like this. And actually my wife and I uh, incorporate this in our day when we remember, we don't always remember, but uh, it goes like this. Blessed be God, courage my soul, time passes, eternity approaches. And then he says a Hail Mary. 
and he'll bless the hour with a Hail Mary. Um, and so we would stop and do that. And sometimes when we mid-conversation, uh, the alarm goes off or, or, you know, you just get a little ding on the phone or on the watch and, yep, straight into it. Blessed be God, courage my soul. Time pa- passes, eternity approaches. And then Hail Mary. And then we know what we're doing and, and we continue. And um, it's a, just another way of reminding us to live, to stop. Uh, whatever we're doing uh, is never more important <laughs> than what God wants from us. So we can get busy in the busyness and the noise. We want to make sure that we're we're always doing what God is calling us, of course. And and the way you know that is is are you doing what I what your responsibility is? So if you are married and you've got children, and there's a baby waking up at night. You are not called at that point to go out in front of the computer and check emails. You are not called at that point to go um, to the office. You are called at that point to deal with the baby and be with the baby. And now if you are at work and your office hours are nine to five, well, you are called to be at work nine to five. In fact, you're not called to be, if if that is your role, you've committed to it, you're not called to be in the chapel for eight hours. And so it's not doing God's will, funny enough, during work hours to be doing nonstop adoration. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. You, you've got to be attuned to what it is that your calling is. So the big V, vacation. Small V is what how I live to support that vacation, whatever career it is with marriage. And then whatever I've committed to in that career to support my family, I've got an obligation now to live that out. Um, and now it's all within the rhythm and within balance of what God's given us. So there are seven days a week. There is one dedicated to rest. There are six days of work. There are so many daylight hours. And so we must work within balance. So we're not called to be working 20, 30, 22 hours a day. You know? We're not called to be doing nonstop work. That would be wrong. That would be neglecting your, your vocation. We're also not called to neglect work. So we have to work as well. So so if an eight-hour day is, is going to be your work shift, some people have to work up to 12 hours, some even more. But depending on that, as long as it's not going to impact your vocation, if you have children, you, you do have an obligation to be there um, bringing up your children um, and, and talking to your children and spending time with your children. And you've got to decide when the best time for your family is. And is that before and after work? Is it just after work? So I highly recommend whatever you can do, try your best to um, make sure you are carving out time for your wife or husband and children. And then because your work is only there to support that vacation if you're married. And I guess we're speaking to mostly married people. But um, it's the same for a priest, however. If a priest or a a religious nun, they've got the calling. So if it's a contemplative, they are called to have so many hours a day in the chapel. And so they need to be there. And they're not called to then be, I guess, out in the secular or depending on the religious order, you know, for so long. So there's a balance they have to have. And, and so it's rightly for us, you know, we are not, if we're married, we can be as contemplative as we possibly can. We can be as prayerful and we should be praying more. And I, I think I challenge everyone. I think we could be doing, I think it's not minutes, but hours a day of prayer. Um, certainly uh, we can offer our day um, as a prayer. But we also can't neglect our duties, and that's the key here in balancing all that. So I hope that makes sense. So, so we've got hours, we've got minutes. We've, um, yeah. If I can, it starts from the opening, and I think if we can conquer the morning, we can conquer the day, as is a famous saying. 
Um, and St. Jose Maria had a famous saying, the heroic minute, that opening minute where, you know, you, you know the alarm goes off uh, if you use an alarm or the sun rises or the birds sweep, whatever wakes you up or the child who cries, <laughs> whatever it is that is your opening hour, the heroic minute is can you get up at, with haste and glorify God for another day or you're going to stay and sleep for another hour and another hour and another hour and then sleep your morning away and then you're going to neglect your duty. So then you're not doing God's will by excess sleeping. So really what's the, what's the, what's the lesson in all of this? Everything in, in its right place, everything in balance, everything that is um, that there's a time and place for. And, and then while you're in that moment of that activity, know that you are doing God's will. So um, to know that you're doing God's will, if someone was to say it's, there's only one hour left to live, you've got one hour, most people might think I better rush to the chapel, I better rush to, to say some rosaries, right? And that, that's the natural thing. But really, you know, you, if you're sure that you're doing God's will, and you were, you were there working or, or, or with sitting with someone, having a coffee or, or spending time with someone, and that you knew that was the time to be with them, then you don't change anything you need to be doing. You know you're ready. We're always ready for our final moment, and we don't have to change. We don't have to rush and because that's implying I'm not doing what I'm meant to be doing. I'm not in the place I'm meant to be. Um, and so if you are where you're meant to be at every moment of the time, you'll live. It'll be true freedom and. Uh, yeah, it's a beautiful thing when you when you know that. Mm, I love that because our world is such a in a constant rush that we wouldn't necessarily think about the pacing, the times to pause, and the rightness in our state in life for those mm. moments that we are engaged in this activity or another, and keeping those priorities in line. And we're going to just step away for a second to hear from our sponsors, um, but I want to come back to this and just hear a little bit. Uh, Charbel, about what your personal discernment has been. What are the steps that you took on a discernment that has been important in your life? I'd like to just see what your process looked like. Everybody, we're going to hear from our sponsors now. We will be right back. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, everybody, we're back with Charbel Raish from Perusia Media. And we're talking about some guideposts to discernment. And I'd just love to hear from you, Charbel in operation around a specific discernment if you're in the midst of it now or you can think of one kind of that the holy spirit is holding out to you what did the steps look like for you to get to the point of a clear decision that was well discerned yeah great question and um it we're always discerning uh on on many levels so um i guess it's so interesting the 20 years ago when i dealt with the whole vocation and I spent lots of time reading discernment books, lots of time in scripture, lots of time in silence. So desperately wanting to hear God's voice and make it crystal clear, Lord. Um, I don't know if I told you this, uh, if I've shared this with you, but uh, I did a, a series of different novena prayers as well. Um, and I did it in 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 uh, conjunction with my mother at the time. And I remember just to show you how just a nice little um, sign from heaven 
that just I remember discerning has been two years. I'm still not sure if I'm called to the priesthood. I've been I've been uh, reading scripture. I've been in holy hours. I've, and I'm and I'm I'm just not sure. And and it, it got I did a 30 day silent retreat. And in that silent retreat, wow. you know, Saint Ignatius um, of Loyola has beautiful. He's got his whole exercises. They're beautiful. Uh, putting yourself in the scene when you meditate. I think I was the closest to God at that time. I remember clearly that beautiful time spent with the Lord. But it was the last day of that retreat, and I still was not sure of the calling, and I was frustrated. <laughs> but at the same time, um, I was in that last five days. The timing was quite interesting. I um, I did a what's called a it's, – it's not a novena because it's only five days, but St. Teresa of Lisieux has the whole um, five-day prayer. I encourage listeners or viewers to check it out. It's a five-day prayer with St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, and her promise, is, well, it's not her promise, but it's it, the idea is you you pray. It, it's simply a, you know, calling God to take out um, a rose from heaven and 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 present it to you every day. And, you, and on the fifth day or sometime in that day or the next day, a rose of some sort will appear to confirm your request. So it was interesting. Um, I've done this maybe five, six times in my life, and there's always been a rose. <laughs> so, wow. so, um, but this first time uh, was the first I've done it. My mother also did it alongside me. So she's at home uh, praying the five days, and I actually added a little um, layer to it. I said, I want a specific color rose. Mm. Um, so not just any rose, but if it's a white rose, I, I take that as a call that you that's marriage. And if it's a red rose, which is more common, that's the priesthood. And at the time, my personal desire was marriage. And I wanted, and so I just wanted to do that to make it a little bit more difficult, just to God to show it. And my my mum did the same. And on the fifth day, I remember I've prayed. It's my last spiritual direction session uh, with the retreat master. And he's frustrated with me. And he says, Charbel, what is it that you want? And I said, Father, I want Christine. That's my current, my wife. <laughs> so uh -huh. I knew of her uh, in the church and um, uh, we were friends. But, yeah, she only came to prayer when I discerned, Lord, if you want me to be married, who would I be married to? And she was the first person to come to mind. And, and for the six months leading up to that, I've been praying uh, for her and about about that. But wow, got to this point where it's like, okay, I want Christine. He sits back in his chair. He smiles and he says, very good. He gets up and walks out of the room. <laughs> okay, we're done. And I look out of the window and um, I, I see a white rose at the window <gasps> right there, right, like right there. I couldn't believe it. And I'm like, <sighs> so I'm, I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm going to, that's it. I don't even know if Christine is about, like, I'm not talking to her this time. I'm just, but anyway, it's just that's the, the, the conviction. And I get home. And I, I tell my mum, guess what, mum, I got the sign, I got the sign. And she goes, guess what, what did you sign? You go first, you go first. She also got a sign. She said she she had rose a rose garden in the back and she's always had red, yellow, um, but never white. For the first time she got a white rose. <gasps> and it was like, really? And she said, yes, I've never had a white rose before. So <sighs> she gets a white rose. I get a white rose on the same day. On the fifth day of that prayer, so that's why I like to share it because it's just a powerful. Is that coincidence? Is that I mean, you know, people like to explain it away, but I think 
these little prayers, when you turn to God and make a, a prayer, um, I understand that with with um, continual prayer, it's like um, God is, it's not that he listens more, it's that you're putting in this effort that God is seeing your commitment. You really desire to know what what um, he wants of you. So you are committed not just a one-minute prayer, not a 30-second prayer. Uh, you are doing it day after day after day after day for consecutive days. And I think there's a real power in that. And we know the very first novena, the nine days, was in the upper room, Pentecost, and that's when the Holy Spirit gushed through. And with every novena, I like to remind myself of that first novena because it really is then, then, Lord, if this is how you've inspired the apostles who were in fear at the time, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, they had courage, and then they went out. And it was through that they lived their calling. And, and it wasn't their power, but it was God's power in them. And they would heal people. They would proclaim um, the gospel. They were doing everything that God asked of them. But they first were with Our Lady in quiet, praying <laughs> for nine days. So it's important to give God that time. And so I, I always like, uh, so if you want to ask a bit of a checklist of my process, I always have a novena attached <laughs> to an intention. So I, I do lots of novenas now. Can I do a shout out? I mean, PrayMoreNovenas.com. I mean, that apostolate, that title, that name, it just is perfect. Uh, I think, oh, what an obvious name, PrayMoreNovenas.com. Yeah. Um, I mean, could they think of a more creative name? And then I think it's actually perfect. <laughs> I actually pray more novenas now because of PrayMoreNovenas.com. <laughs> it's just <laughs> fascinating. So I use so that true. too. Yeah. <laughs> so it's brilliant. So I highly recommend um Doing that and adding an intention to that. And I love how, uh, you know, as as it goes down to your intention and she whispers, mention your intentions here. You know, that's a beautiful little touch because it is what you're trying to do is, is give God some time, but then listen for the voice, but also give him your petition. Lord, I want to know an answer to this request or that request. So Naveen is very powerful. Of course, I, I always like to ask other people to pray. It depends if it's how personal it is, but I always like to invite people. Like right now, and I, I want to ask your listeners and viewers, please pray. I'm currently praying for God's will on the future of Perusia's office space because we have been given five months in our current space, and it's a beautiful space. Uh, it's part of a, an old convent. It won 30 acres, and I'm praying for it. I've got miraculous medals in the, in the property at the moment, Benedictine medals, St. Joseph medals. And we've been praying for two years, and and it still hasn't been solved. The fact that we're here after two years um, is, a, is a sign God's still with us, but we just don't know the future. So I, this is real right now. Your question is, I, this is a big thing right now for us. We're praying for the future of our our home <laughs> as, a, mm-hmm. as, a, as a ministry. And we've got a studio. We've got the library. We've got a chapel. We've got um, rooms where people can stay. We've got a conference room an industrial kitchen, dining. We've got all the space. We can do retreats, events, but it's going to be sold. And it's, it's not our property. We've just been leasing. Um, and we hope that we could stay. So we're praying for God to give clarity. Now, one prayer is, yes, I want to stay here, but God's will could be, no, I want to move you somewhere else. Maybe he's got something better in mind. So you, the, my prayer is always, it's always got to be open to whatever God's will is. And so whatever it is, thy will be done. Not my will be done, thy will be done. And so um, if it is to move, then it is to move. And that's that's I'm at peace with that because it is God's will. So the prayer is make it clear for a home wherever it is and uh, we'll be happy with that. So I'm living it now. So Novena's asking others to pray. 
um, definitely offering up my day, my sufferings. So the morning offering, you, we should do a daily morning offering anyway, but then add your little intention in there as well. Uh, for my prayers, works, joys, sufferings of this day. And and also, it's not only just to glorify God, but also for this intention. <laughs> um, and then whenever you remember throughout the day, blessing those hours or being attentive to what I'm doing, this podcast um, was actually intended for your intentions, Lisa. <laughs> uh, but but um, before going on, doing any meeting or just a quick prayer, reminding myself of, what we're about to enter into and this is all to for god's glory so um if there is something you're praying for throw that in 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 your little offering you know as you go uh, but of course uh scripture is important to um opening up scripture um now i'm i'm one i tell a lot of people don't just open up scripture and wherever it lands and don't just read the bible that way you could do that but it's like treating god as it's a bit of um what is it, Russian roulette, or is it? Uh, yeah, and we're like yeah, one of those magic eight balls there. You're just kind yeah. of shaking it and oh, letting it come up randomly. Yeah. Now, but I'm not saying don't do that if you're doing that. Do that, but don't just do that. And here's the point: if you do that, you're being open to God's will. Fantastic, but be ready to to, to understand whatever it is. Um, it's all around the context. We should be reading scripture the way God intended it to be read, and that is through actually the church. <laughs> and the way that's done is every single day God has given us on a platter um, through the church readings to read. And it doesn't matter what, whatever it is, whatever right now I've, I sort of uh, juggle three uh, calendars in my head because I'm a Maronite by birth. So there is a Maronite calendar. So we add Ash Monday. There's also Ash Wednesday. So there's different days Lent starts, huh. there's different feast days. But then there's the the, you know, the Roman calendar, and then those who are still practicing the um, the, the, the traditional one year cycle. So there's there's people who are following uh, different calendars. Whatever it is you're doing, that God is talking through that, and that that's your scripture for the day. So really try be in sync with that. It's it's beautiful way of doing it. Um, and then try see what God is saying to you that day. And so I'll read the daily scripture readings and what is God wanting from me today. Um, and then I throw my intention in there. And sometimes he speaks because you're in that frame of mind, you sort of, it pops out of the page and you sort of, um, you do pick up things every single time. It's like, okay, I'll be patient or, okay, I've got to do this thing that I'm not comfortable with. I've got to do it. And the scripture says, be not afraid or, okay, I've got, I've got to forgive this person or that, or, okay, I've got to, and it just tells you what to do and guides you. So that's another way. Um, and finally in the silence, um, uh, making quiet speak lord you know repeating um you know samuel uh his words speak lord your servant is listening and having that quiet to try to listen and sometimes you might confuse it with your conscience or you confuse it with your own mind well you know what uh go with it and just see and and, and what happens and, and you'll be surprised because your conscience is also god-given and and that god can speak through your conscience as well so so those little quiet voices He's not speaking through these things. It's speaking through your heart. Um, and sometimes you might guess yourself, but just go with it and then step out in faith. And that's the bold bit. That's the hard bit. That's the bit where it takes courage, but you step out. And, uh, yeah, there's a few things I do to help discern. I love that. It's saturated in prayer. There's a sense, even the use of sacramentals with medals and yes. um 
connecting into the prayers of the church that God has given to us each day with liturgy of the hours, with the daily readings for the mass, which are all connected with each other. Um, mm. And novenas, things like that, really listening for the voice of God in our lives. And you, as you started out saying in the beginning, being ethical, being um, faithful to your commitments, especially your state in life and your vocation. So we're living according to God's ways. There's so much we want to know. God, I, I used to joke or still do sometimes, I wish God would send me the daily facts with everything He wanted me to do every day. <laughs> but He's already told me. So much about my life is already laid out for me because of His laws, His ways, my state in life, and all those things that you mentioned. And the natural rhythms of the liturgical year and the weeks and the Sabbath and, and the hours of the day. Like, there's just so much about that that we can move with, become more aware yeah. of, uh, kind of clear out some distractions and live a little more simply in harmony with God's, God's design of all of it. So, um, if there's any resources you want to share or any final thoughts, Charbel, take us out with whatever God is, is holding out to you at this point. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's it's a good question. Uh, resources um, discerning. There are, yeah. I, I just to, sorry, top of my head with some of the authors. I don't. Uh, we we've got a few from Emmaus Road uh, that we publish on our website. Um, there is one literally about discerning God's will. Um, there's a bunch of them, and I might have to give you some links to a few resources because there's so many different books that tackle discernment. Um, and they're all got very similar titles, finding peace in, in, in joy in God in your day or finding um, there are different vocational ones. Uh, yeah, I, you I you also, can send me those links after I'll we talk, Charbel, and I'll throw them in the show notes. Everybody be looking yeah, for those. Please. But um, mainly, can I can I leave you with this? It's yeah. if you give God the opening minutes, the opening hour, and, and then you are attentive that whatever you're doing is for the glory of God. He somehow, in his way, in, in the mystery, multiplies the minutes and the hours of the day. So just like he multiplied the, the loaves and the fish, he will multiply your productivity. So, so what happens? You give God his time first. You, you prioritize God. God re repays abundantly. And, and so you think, I've got so much to do. I haven't got time to go to Mass today. I haven't got time to pray this 15-minute rosary. I haven't got time to um, stop by the chapel and visit our Lord. Well, if you make the time, God will help you make up the time <laughs> um, and and a hundredfold. So if I had five or ten things to get through that day, he, you'll get through them by midday. You'll get through them a lot quicker than you actually think. I don't know. I mean, it's just this is a supernatural part of, of our faith. I stop, the more I stop and give God time in prayer through the day and the more I'm attentive, the more productive each hour is because it's I'm sort of breaking each. It must, psychologically, it's obviously helping because I'm staying aware, I'm staying alert. I'm never sort of drifting in, you know, and not going into sort of autopilot and sometimes you, you, you're not as productive in your day. But if you are attentive and you take each hour by hour, um, Wow, project by project, task by task, and you get through it. It just gives you this sense of accomplishment. And so knowing that you're doing God's will there, then, now, and you're, but so I'm not doing the holy hour every hour. 
there's a time I, I, I might I do it at the end of the night or I do it in the morning or I do it either side of mass, you know. I've scheduled that like a meeting, like I schedule a meeting with anyone, like I've scheduled a podcast with you. Um, this is it. This is scheduling time with God. Um, and then for like 30 seconds, you're offering an hour, being attentive, um, or it's five minutes with liturgy of the hours, depending on what you're going to do, and you're just pausing and reaffirming and re making sure you are on track that day, and you will get through your tasks um, so much easier. And and yeah, it, it's just it's interesting. I, I think if you do that, you'll you'll see the results. So yeah, hope that I helps. love that. We're going to have to change the title of this episode to discernment and productivity tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. that's so good. I mean, we, I've heard it attributed to so many different people, rabbis and other spiritual leaders, but uh, the busier you are, the more time you need to spend in prayer. And that was, certainly was borne out by all the great saints and popes that, that we've loved over the years. Um, yeah, so good. Thank you so much. And that, and our voice, our own inner ear, whatever our hearts attuned to the voice of God throughout the day that way, giving him our first fruits of the day, the first moments of the day. It's just so beautiful. So thank you, Charbel, for, for challenging yeah. us with such love and such encouragement to, to live differently so that our discernment is just always happening and it's part of our daily walk with God. I didn't. I I started the show by talking about the discernment um, steps. I didn't really list them out for people, so maybe I quickly list them. Go that right could be ahead. The there because I know um, a lot of people like to to have that written down. But um, I, I said at the start the idea of uh, once once you know your your big V, your, your big vocation. There's a five step process I like to go through, um, and and I, I forgot to say that finish it off. But the idea is step one is. Um, first and foremost, what is your God-given desire? So what are those desires? And knowing what they are, naming that. What is it? That... Um, step two is then what are you good at, your skill sets? They're the talents Jesus talks about in the scriptures. Uh, step three is actually imagining yourself in that. So fast-forwarding and doing a bit of a role-play in your mind, what would it be like? What does it look like? Um, and then. Um, step four, uh, uh, so step four would be if that gives you peace, then that's from God. If it doesn't, it's not from God. So so actually answering the question, can I see myself doing this? Does it give me peace? Can I glorify God doing it? Does it tick those boxes? I, do, I, do I want this? Is it, does it fit with everything, those previous few steps? And then the fifth one is what, what state of life are you in? Because realistically, uh, sometimes we all want to be a mother, a mother um, Teresa, and go to Calcutta. But sometimes we're not called to do that. Our, our Calcutta could be in our very home, in our, our neighbor, our workplace. So, where are you in your state of life right now? Do you, do you have a young family? Do you have older children? Are you a grandparent? Uh, where are you in your life, and what are you called to do? That does dictate as well your responsibility there and then, where God's planted you. So, just aligning all that up. And then finally, with all that, the five steps, um, trust God, offer it up, surrender, and then say, whatever door opens, I'll walk through. Whatever door closes, I take that as your will and and trust and go for it. So hopefully that helps people because I think it's an important part to, to just going through some basic steps to know what you're doing is from God. 
Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that no, you no took problem. us through those steps. That's so helpful. Yeah. And I think My as pleasure. homeschooling moms and dads too, we like steps. We like yes. <laughs> uh, clear clear guidelines that we can follow. Everybody, thank you so much for being with us in this. And thank you for whatever prayers that you say for us in this podcast. We are praying for you too. And I'm very touched that Charbel um, offered some prayers for me in this podcast. And just wanna just wanna remind everybody we are all in this together and hopefully we're all gonna be friends for all eternity. So God bless your discernment and the discernment of your children. Uh, thanks so much again, Charvel. Always great to have you. Always great to be with you, Lisa. Thank you. God bless. God bless you too. Everybody check out Charbel Raish at perusiamedia.com. That's in the show notes. And I'll have a couple of other resources in there for you too. God bless you. Have a great day and see you next time. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.